Hey there, hardworking mama, and welcome to another exciting episode of Moms Who Mean Business, the Kate Rotten Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Rotten, and I'm thrilled to have you here today. On this show, we dive deep into the adventures of mom life and business with a whole lot of grit, grace, and growth. Whether you're juggling snack negotiations and conference calls or taking life one PTA meeting at a time, you are in the right place. (laughs) I promise we'll keep it real, share some amazing stories, and maybe even share a few embarrassing mom moments along the way. After all, life isn't perfect, and that's what makes it beautifully messy. So get ready to laugh, learn, and be inspired together as we explore the beautiful mashup of motherhood and business with a dash of humor to keep us all sane. Thanks for joining our moment where we celebrate your journey as a mom who means business. Welcome back, amazing mamas. It's Kate here, your new business bestie. And in today's episode of Moms Who Mean Business, it's all about turning chaos into coordinated success. So get ready to dive into building your mom strong dream team. So my question for you today is, have you ever wondered how to seamlessly bring your mom hat into your business? I hope so, because today we're breaking down the art of being a chaos coordinator. Whether you're just starting out or if you're knee deep in team building, we'll explore how to make your team as efficient, optimized, and fun as possible. So before building a team, it's really important to make sure you're navigating the blend of mom life and business the best way you can so you can delegate and manage your workload efficiently and effectively as the leader of your company. So that can mean assessing your schedule so that it accommodates both your work and family responsibilities, which might mean allocating some specific time blocks for work tasks, family time, and self-care. It's also important to set clear boundaries between work and family time and communicate these boundaries to both your family and your clients or team members to manage those expectations effectively. So as work from home moms, this can be really challenging and it might mean hanging up a sign on your office door or closing your door when you're completely unavailable and working. It might mean hiring a mother's helper or a child minder for a couple hours a week so that you have dedicated distraction-free work time. And hear me out. I have done all of those things at some point in my business. I had someone come into my home for childminding. I've had a mother's helper. I put my kids in daycare at various points in my business when I knew I needed more support. So they were key in getting me to where I am today. There's no shame in doing any or all of those. You do you and what feels right for you in the moment. So Other things that are important to look at before bringing on your team are identifying and prioritizing your tasks based on urgency and importance. So focusing on high priority items during dedicated work hours is really important and maybe allocating non-urgent tasks to pockets of downtime throughout your day, like when you're watching your kids swim lessons or waiting the school pickup line or watching your favorite show once the kids are in bed. However, I want to put a little warning in here. Use your downtime cautiously and make sure you're also allocating enough you and family time so you're not always working or burning the candle on both ends. Burnout is real and it sucks and you'll always think it'll never happen to me until it does. And I speak from a whole lot of experience. Do as I say, not as I did. I promise. 
Other areas to consider are delegating non-essential tasks in your life. Now, I get it. If you're new in business and money's tight, this might not seem like you yet, but just put it on your dream board if that's all you got to do for now, but it's important to have it on your radar. So this might mean hiring a cleaner. It doesn't have to be four hours a week. It can be one hour a month. Maybe they just come clean the dirty toilets for you or wash your floors or maybe your windows. What are you not able to get done and how could someone else help you with that? It might be occasional childcare, might be part-time daycare, it might be full-time daycare, it might be grocery delivery, or, you know, just that lovely grocery service where you park and they bring it out to your car. Whatever it is, how can you buy more time in your week and outsourcing those tasks that don't require your direct attention? It's going to allow you to focus on high-impact activities in your life and in your business. We all know that grocery delivery is going to buy you time so that maybe you can play with your kids. Maybe you can cook dinner. Who knows? It's a little thing that goes a long way. Next, consider leveraging technology. It really helps to streamline processes and improve efficiency. And I mean, 10 years ago, tech was totally different, but I was kind of resistant to start. I can tell you once I started using it, it made life a lot easier. I still have hesitations and resistances to it. I might have just made up a word there, um, but I try to lean in when I can. I love technology. I just resist it sometimes. So consider using things like project management tools, communication apps, and automations to help simplify tasks and enhance your productivity. But more importantly, it's a lot easier to bring a team in when you've already got systems and processes set up. Next, we kind of touched on this on the last episode, but I'm going to say it again because it's so critically important. Build a strong support system. And that could be, like we said before, family members, friends, fellow moms in business, whoever it may be, make sure they're a positive light for you, but delegate tasks to them when possible. Lean on your support system for emotional support and encouragement. It might mean asking your mother-in-law if she could cook dinner for you and the family once a week so you have a little more time to work. It might mean asking if someone else could pick up the kids one day a week. It might mean asking your husband to do the grocery shopping or cook dinner or do bedtime. Whatever it may be, it's okay to ask. You're not always going to get a yes. You might not always get full support, but you won't know if you don't ask, so just ask. Now, the next one, people kind of roll their eyes at sometimes. So I'm putting it out there because it's incredibly important and I didn't believe in it at the beginning and I wish I did. And that is prioritizing self-care. As moms, we must maintain our physical and mental well-being and fill our cups first. So schedule breaks in your day, like a coffee break and a lunch break. When I get the alert on my phone that it's lunchtime, I can tell you I never would have had lunch if that pop-up hadn't come up because I get so into my flow and I have limited time. So it's stressful to try and take a break, but it's so important. We have to feed ourselves. We have to feed our souls. Engage in activities that you enjoy. Ensure that you're getting enough sleep. I, I can't even count how many times I would put my kids to bed and work until two or three in the morning, get a couple hours of sleep and then start the next day over. I burned out big time. Was it necessary in the moment to get everything done? I thought so. Was there another way I could have got around it? Possibly, but that's 
you know, that's done and over and in that phase is over within my life. But I encourage you to consider ways to avoid situations like that. Maybe not procrastinating, maybe prioritizing your time differently. Who knows? But try to give yourself a good sleep and regular breaks and do things that you love and spend time with your family on top of it all. Perfection. Um, it's impossible. So just try. Just do your best. So last point on that is that we all know a well-rested and balanced mom is better equipped to handle the challenges of mom life and business. So do your best. Okay. So the other one is communicating openly. Foster open communication with your family. It can be about your work commitments and your work schedule. It can be about important deadlines, um, sharing with them the ways that you're maybe struggling with finding that impossible balance of work and family life, but sharing with them what you're prioritizing in that moment. It can help kind of garner a better understanding of where you're at, but it also helps you feel a little less pressure on maybe where you feel like you're lacking. If you can share with them how you're feeling and where things are at, it can really help kind of nurture that relationship and open up the door for conversations about where you could utilize a little more support as you try and navigate a busy period in your business or upcoming busy period in your home life when you have work commitments as well. Um, it's really, really important to communicate openly. And that's one thing I have been very blessed with in my own business and with my own support system is that communication is so open and so flowing. And I am very, very grateful for that. So lastly, and probably most importantly, is don't forget to regularly evaluate your schedule and the strategies that you're using in your business to find out what is still working and what has evolved and what isn't working anymore. You and your business and your family are going to change and evolve so much over the next period of time. I can tell you 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, even a year ago, my business is nothing like those periods now. So be willing to adjust your approach as business and your family dynamics evolve and I do this on a monthly basis. I look back on how the last month went. I look forward at what's coming in the month ahead. And I even have a conversation with my husband about where I felt like I was struggling last month and what I see coming in the next month so that we can be on the same page and we can grow together. Okay, so now that you know how to tame your own life and workload so it feels less like a runaway train, I really want to touch on the importance of bringing your mom skills to the forefront as a business owner. We are moms in business after all. So this approach is often overlooked and even frowned upon in corporate settings. So I want you to just to hear me out on this. If it's kind of foreign feeling, that's okay. But it's critical to see where your own strengths are before you start bringing in new personalities, new skill sets, and new challenges of having a team in your business. As moms, we're often terrible at identifying our own strengths. Like, please don't ask me to list out mine because I just, I freeze and I panic and it's not pretty. Uh, beyond what other people have told us, it's often hard to see them. So if someone says, oh, you're really great at marketing, it's like that stands out in your mind as, oh, I'm really great at marketing. But we're not talking about that here. We're not talking about your niche or your degrees or qualifications or what other people have told you. We're talking about your life skills that make you amazing at juggling your mom life and your business. So this can be things like your ability to juggle multiple tasks efficiently. 
So it could be how you can manage various aspects of your business simultaneously, showcasing your incredible adaptability and your time management. Or it could be how impressive your organizational skills are when you're orchestrating multiple family schedules, school commitments, household tasks, it goes on. Hello, streamlined processes and rockstar communication and project management skills. That's amazing. Or what about your ability to stay calm under pressure? We all know what it's like to have a toddler melting down while the phone is ringing or the toddler bedtime torture. I can just hear good old queen singing under pressure. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to sing. That's just not pretty. But you get what I'm saying. That's pressure. Your ability to navigate stressful situations is a skill that's honed through handling the unexpected challenges in motherhood. And that only further demonstrates your resilience and your capacity to handle crises in the business world. These are all incredible skill sets that we as mom just naturally have or have stepped into because of our roles as moms. And, you know, we talked earlier about your insane communication skills as a parent, but I mean, who else can find 10 different ways to say, go brush your teeth without dropping the F-bomb? Just me? Truth, really though. On top of all of that, of top of repeating yourself a hundred times over, you are also able to weave in empathy. As a mom, we get really good at that. And that is a skill that is absolutely required to understand and meet the needs of our children. And how invaluable is that when it comes to dealing with clients and customers and team members? Empathy is huge. I could literally spend hours listing off all the ways that we adapt as moms and all the ways that that makes us powerhouses in business and incredible leaders. But I'm just going to list off a few more because I want you to consider these. What about the creative problem-solving skills that you've honed while navigating unpredictable situations that often arise for us as parents? What about your ability to optimize time and make the most of every moment without sacrificing quality? How about your nurturing leadership style that was cultivated only through parenting and it fosters an incredible work environment that encourages growth and collaboration? What about your flexibility and adaptability and your ability to pivot gracefully? What about your experience in delegating tasks and responsibilities just within your own family and household? What about your patience and your perseverance? Those are skills and qualities that are tested constantly in motherhood. Again, who else can tell a kid to go brush their teeth 101 times in a day, every day, for 18 years? and only slightly lose their marbles. Truth, right? Okay, I know you're probably thinking, but Kate, we're supposed to be talking about team building and other people, and you're right. But there's one thing that I failed to remember back in the day when I was starting out. And looking back, I see it as the number one mistake and my biggest regret as a business owner. And so I really, really, really wanted to stress the importance of it here. My number one mistake and biggest regret was that I did not see myself as the number one best and most valuable team member I would ever have. I want you to remember that you are your number one best and most valuable team member today and forever. If you aren't fairly and appropriately managing yourself and acknowledging your strengths and weaknesses, 
then how in the world are you going to build a team without driving yourself into burnout? And identifying your strengths and weaknesses also draws you a beautifully clear map of the exact skills and strengths you need to hire for in order to continue to grow and achieve your goals. You need those to build a team that complements your strengths and weaknesses. And that is how you build a powerhouse dream team. So building a dream team isn't just about finding warm bodies. I think I've expressed that enough at this point, that it's truly about creating a strategic force that propels your business forward. So let's get on with it. Let's uncover the true secrets to efficient team building and my favorite team optimization. So number one is clearly identifying roles and responsibilities. So remember that list of strengths that we made? It's time to really dig into where you're lacking now. What skills do you need on your team? What is the biggest challenge in your business? What is slowing you down? Okay, ready for a story time? This one is like clearly hot off the press. When I first started hiring for a team, and I started years ago, but it was an ongoing problem for a while. I kept trying to hire based on personality. I loved who these people were. I thought they were a great fit because personality-wise, we meshed well. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it fails. Um, It's just truly a bad metric for basing your hires off of. It's definitely great for narrowing down candidates, but don't hire purely off of that. There's, there's gotta be more to it. So then my next step was, okay, personality is not really working. Um, They're great friends, but we're not getting enough done. So then I started hiring skills that I didn't have, which was great, but it wasn't buying me any more time in my business. And that's exactly what I needed. I needed more time. So for example, I hired a brilliant, incredible social media manager who I love, and she's still with me to this day. She's great. I love the output. I love that everything that's getting put out into the world, but it wasn't growing my capacity in my business. So ultimately it's great marketing without a tangible ROI because I don't have time to take on more clients. So it's still valuable and they're still incredible, but in the moment that wasn't what I actually needed. What I really needed in that moment was for my business to grow and hire another me. I needed someone who could do what I was doing and the work that I was stuck doing so I could step into a more strategic and leadership focused role and bring on more clients instead of doing the constant juggle, feeling like I was doing the hokey pokey, left foot in, left foot out. You hear me? You know, the lovely little visual for you. Um, I needed a me and truth be told, I still haven't quite found me yet. I found some uh, great opportunities for improvement and I found um, I have incredible team members doing incredible things, but not one doing me yet. So I'm still doing a little bit of a hokey pokey, but it's still fresh and it's a work in progress and it's also not urgent. It's a big move and I'm taking a strategic approach and making sure it's the right person and the right skill set because it's launching my business forward into a new realm for us. Big decisions require big action, but not rushed action. Team building takes time. And the most important thing to remember is it's quality over quantity, always. So once you find the right person, and it's incredibly important that you lead by example, and that starts with communication and collaboration. Start off by clearly communicating your expectations to ensure that everyone understands their roles, their responsibilities their goals and the company goals, but also their KPIs or their key performance indicators. 
that clarity for them is vital to creating a smooth workflow and effective task management. Once you have that down, then focus on building trust. And that all starts once again with communication and transparency. Fostering that culture of open communication is incredibly good for building trust. When team members feel informed and like they have a safe space to communicate openly, it creates a positive environment and enhances that collaboration and that opportunity for the team to work together. Lastly, and this is one that I am, it's a big one for me. I spend a lot of time working on this because I have had experiences with not so great um, team cultures. And it is so, so, so important to me that my team feel good vibes always in really positive team culture. So I do team meetings with a purpose. Um, I think they're great opportunities to connect with the team as a whole, get them to know each other and feel comfortable um, asking questions or delegating or being involved in, in that flow. But I also like to delegate time to connect with each person individually, whether it's just in a private chat or a Zoom call with us. Um, it's really important to check in, get up to speed, identify missed opportunities or gaps or areas of possible improvement for that team member or for the whole team or for me as a leader. I also love sending little things. So a thank you note, a little birthday gift, any reason to celebrate anything at all. I like to send them a little something. I want them to feel seen. I want them to feel invaluable. And I love boosting that morale and showing them that I appreciate them and the role they play in my company tenfold. It is so important to me. And I, I cannot express enough the importance of creating that beautiful culture for your company so that people want to stay and you don't have horrible turnover rates and have to constantly spend time and energy retraining people. So once you find the right people, treat them well and they will last. Okay. So we covered a whole lot in this episode, but I want to wrap up with this. Remember that a thriving team is your secret weapon to conquering both mom life and business, but none of us are perfect. All of this is just a suggestion. It's an outline. It's a guide. Perfection and doing it all is impossible. As long as you have an eye for improving and moving the needle, and that's all that you need to learn, implement, and scale to whatever size feels right for your team. You're not going to get it all right. You're going to make mistakes. Sometimes it's going to feel messy or not quite right or uncomfortable. It's okay. Maybe you don't need a team at all, and that's okay too. I would love more than anything to say that I've mastered this all and I'm cruising down easy street, but I hope that I have expressed enough in this episode that that's not the case. I'm just sharing with you what I've learned until now. I'm in the trenches of a growing business just like you are, and my sole goal every day when I wake up in my business is that I'm going to take imperfect action. So I invite you to use this episode as an opportunity for reflection. Maybe if you've learned something new, an opportunity to learn. But I want you to set a goal for yourself of imperfect action and know that we're all in this together. So whether you're just getting started, you have a team already that isn't quite as efficient as you'd like, or you're rocking the team scene and you're ready to scale and grow. 
whatever it is, whatever phase you're in, I want you to know that if I can do this, you definitely can too. If you've had team building successes or challenges, I invite you to share them with our community. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, leave a review, and let's keep this momentum going. Let's keep the conversation happening. Like I said, we're all in this together. So let's have these conversations. They're not closed door conversations. They're opportunities for everyone to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for joining me. And I cannot wait for our next episode where we're getting down and strategically dirty with marketing magic, marketing strategies for biz moms, where we're diving deep into the strategies that are going to grow your business without making you feel crazy. And they're actually going to work for you as a busy mom and business owner. I promise you don't want to miss it. Until next time. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Moms Who Mean Business, the Kate Ratton podcast. We hope you enjoyed this roller coaster ride through the world of mom life and business. <laughs> Before we go, remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review if you loved what you heard today. Your feedback keeps this movement going strong, and it is so appreciated. If you've got questions, stories, or just want to say hi, don't be shy. We love hearing from you. Reach out to us on social media or drop by our website. Until next time, keep rocking life. From school pickups to strategic huddles, you've got this, mama.